Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. It's great to be back each week sharing, sharing insights, life wisdom, practical uh, advice to living your most authentic life, living from the soul. each week I, I share, the following week I have an amazing guest, we've had some very special guests on, everyone from you know Robin Sharma, Larry King, Trent Shelton, on and on, today is no exception. I'm really excited about my guest today, consider her a friend, uh, she's also a member, I get to see her uh, at least once a year usually at uh, an organization I'm a part of, the Transformational Leadership Council, she's international speaker. Master of Bioenergetic Medicine and Quantum Field Visionary. Uh, I saw her speak uh, the other the other month at, at the TLC conference, and her presence, her energy, her frequency, her just everything about this woman just is is high vibe, and I just love her. And so I really wanted to have her on. She has uh, an amazing new book coming out. Uh, that will, I, I really think, help you change your life by changing your, your energy. It's called The Energy Codes, and uh, she's going to be sharing a bit about that today. Welcome to the Soul Talk Conversation, Dr. Sue Morta. Sue, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Kurt. It is always such an amazing delight and experience to be with you. I love your vibe, and uh, what you're bringing to the planet is truly amazing. So when we get to cross paths, it's always an amazing moment in time. It's the best. Uh, I've been looking forward to it very much. And so, look, I want to jump into the conversation. Uh, you know, there might be a few folks, just to set a context, that, that may not know of your work. So before I dive into a whole bunch of questions, uh, I'd love for you just to share a bit about just you know, your, your journey. I mean, how, how, how does someone become a master of bioenergetic medicine and quantum field visionary? Uh, you know, I'm reading on your website, you utilize the embodiment of high-frequency energy patterns to activate full human potential. I mean, this isn't something we learn in school, you know, uh, or high school. So, <laughs> I'm right, right. You know, did you, did you, did, did, were you taken to Tibet and India and trained in space? Or, how did you know, you know, how did this you come know, to be? Well, you know, I came upon it, honestly. I was born into a family. My father was a pioneer in what is now called energy medicine, uh, but wasn't at the time. It was very frontier. It was very cutting edge, and it was a little radical at the time. But it was the understanding that energy runs through the body, and if that energy is flowing fully, uh, we heal. We self-heal. We self-regulate. And we ultimately became, become empowered and self-illuminating. And so uh, I was raised with quantum science as the dinner table conversation that our thoughts create our reality and that we we have the capacity to change our our own internal structure in such a fashion that that we can heal things and that our dna is not the be all end all but rather it's turned on or turned off um, by certain circumstances in our in our environment or in our thoughts and our beliefs etc so so i came upon the whole perspective um, by landing in the nest where I would be brought up through those concepts. Now, even though I was brought up through them, it didn't mean that I knew how to apply them. We had amazing conversations and we had amazing experiences, but, um, uh, but, but the embodiment of all of that came later uh, with a, um, a cry out for my, uh, for my, from myself, uh, having established a, a clinical practice and, uh, been very successful, getting great results, but 
pretty miserable inside because of just a lack of a deep embodiment, a deep understanding of of, of who we are on an experiential cellular level. So I, I went into meditation. I was drawn to meditation. And instantly, when I started meditating, I started having transcendental experiences, multidimensional experiences, and so, which very quickly led to a, a very major awakening. And uh, I spent the next 10 years after that um, trying to figure out how to recreate that awakening at will. And um, that's what I codified, started using the principles that I was discovering uh, with my patients and they were getting better faster and staying better longer. And I, I knew I was onto something. I, my life was changing and the lives of my patients and clients were changing rapidly. And so I started taking notes and 19 years later, um, the book is, is, um, is a culmination of those clinical and personal, uh, spiritual and pragmatic, practical, um, um, pieces of information that have culminated together in what I call the energy codes. So that's kind of a nutshell <laughs> of what <laughs> happened here. Of, of, of the entire Dr. Simota uh, expression. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you said you codified. The key word that stuck out for me was that you codified uh, uh, the shifts that happened for you. So now I'm curious, like, if someone wants to shift their life, they're stuck somewhere that they don't want to be. Uh, they're cycling in, you know, same patterns over and over again, or or maybe it's a uh, they're broken. They can't break out of this money thing. And, and so, what, what what's the first? Is there a first step in the in, in in the code you're talking about? Like, what's the first principle or first step that someone can take if they're somewhere that they don't want to be to shift that and and, and move out of that? Like. What's step one? The transform. Sure. So, great question. The um, and this is this is a, so relevant. This is where everyone is living and wanting to know. You know, where do I? Sounds great. Where do I start? How do I begin? There seems to be so much information out there. And what I've recognized in in a common theme amongst people in the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands by now, people that I have worked with um, is is that the efforts that we tend to try, meditating or doing breathing exercises or saying affirmations or you know, allowing ourselves to dream again or maybe for the first time in our lives, all of these things that, that seem to be opening vibrationally and they certainly come with a good case of, of being what it takes to have transformation occur, to allow something to happen in our lives that we weren't allowing to happen before. Uh, makes sense. Everybody jumps in, starts trying to do some of these things. And uh, what I have found is the number one reason that people do not progress instantly, immediately, and start uh, truly building new circuitry, both electromagnetic circuitry in their bodies uh, for healing and neurocircuitry for remembering uh, what, what it is that, that we want to continue to do, is that we tend to live in our heads and we try to do these practices from the mental body, from the body of energies that are our analytical, distinctive, um, you know, processing mind self, and 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 that is not uh, the, our wholeness. It's not a reflection of our wholeness. And so, when we try to make these differences by just changing our mind, we have to remember that the mind operates on a certain vibrational frequency, and it's only a portion of our bandwidth. It's not our whole bandwidth. And so, when it's not supported by other aspects of our wholeness, other faculties that we possess, then it tries to do it all alone. And it feels alone and it, it gets exhausted, it gets frustrated, it becomes apathetic, it gives up, or, or it just wanders and gets dispersed and distracted and all kinds of things. And so one of the main things that I'm doing is teaching people how to get out of their head and live in their whole body and build the circuitry to come from this place. Because as you were mentioning in your introduction that that we're here to learn to live from the essential self, from our true soulful presence. And the soulful presence is our wholeness. It's not our partialness. It's our wholeness. And so if we put our mind and our body and our breath together, now we're starting to vibrate at the frequencies where the soulful presence can be experienced, can be, can be perceived, and then therefore can take the driver's seat and start to live our lives. So it's a matter of 
adding additional vibrational frequencies into the mix of what we're working with. So if I'm living in my head and I realize, oh my gosh, I need to forgive some stuff, I need to let go of some stuff, I need to create space and, and possibility and I need to dream and vision for myself, I can do all that from my head and I will still never escape the vibrational uh, limitation that the mind alone um, resides in. When we connect the mind to the body and take our attention to the body, for instance, when we have a gut feeling, we're actually listening to an energy that's coming up from within the body. That's why we call it a gut feeling. Uh, when we follow our heart of hearts, we are periodically, momentarily at least, accessing the vibration of the body at the heart consciousness level and giving voice to it. And so uh, intermittently we tap this, but what I'm teaching people is how to build the neurocircuitry and the electromagnetic circuitry to sit there and stay there and live from there so that we're constantly living in an uprising gut feeling and we're constantly expressing from our heart of hearts without a feeling of threat or intimidation or being judged or it's not going to work or it's not smart or it's not strong enough for me to action from that place. It simply isn't true. When we connect the area of the body between those two, for instance, the solar plexus, we start to infuse a sense of power into our deep gut feeling and our deep inner wisdom and inner knowing and our heart of hearts. We, we merge them. So the belly and the solar plexus and the heart space, they all start working in a unified fashion. And the next thing you know, we're operating at a totally different vibrational frequency. So then when we set out to step into our intentions, we're a different being going into them. Yes. So the short answer to your question would be we have to stop living in our heads and we know we need to access our heart, but the reason we can't stay there is because we're not accessing even more deeply than that into our deep core wisdom, into our gut feelings and the brain that's in the gut and activating the three brains of our system all at the same time and integrating them. So embodiment, in a single word I would say, the key is embodiment. We have to learn how to get out of our heads and into our wholeness and allow all of these good intentions that we've been trained in and that we've been practicing to actually finally have an ability to manifest in their fullness because we're now living in our fullness. So there's a long answer. All my answers won't be that long, but I just wanted to set a paradigm for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now, okay, so embodiment. And so now I'm thinking, well, how? Well, I know maybe folks might be thinking, how do I go beyond my mind? How do I connect, yeah. make the connection between my mind and my body? Like, how, it, it, yeah. obvious, obvious <laughs> right. steps. What do I do? I know I should do it. I'm trying, but <laughs> how do I okay. do that? How do I make that connection? <laughs> exactly. So here's the beautiful thing. Think of it this way. And I know you know this, too, but let's just share this with everybody. Um, Please. The soul speaks to the body. The soul speaks to the body. And the body speaks to the mind. And the mind basically doesn't listen. It's busy writing stories. It's off on another tangent. It's doing things. It's filling in the blanks. It's deciding that this is bogus or that's bogus. It's not going to work for me. It's just for everybody else. It's in its beliefs, etc. And so what we have to do is learn how to train the mind to listen to the body because it's going to have then direct access to the soulful energies, which are the comprehensive energies, the, comp the combined energies of mind, body, breath together. So, so if you're in a situation, for example, or uh, that, that you don't like, maybe you're in a challenged moment in your life, Maybe you're thinking about something that is just a difficult, challenging thing to be thinking about, but here you are, you're stuck in it. Um, there is always a charge in your body that goes along with that stressful thought. It might be a lump in your throat, tightness in your chest, a knot in your stomach, something's going on. And if we just train the mind to start to pay attention to the body, it begins to magnify the language of the soul that the body is trying to translate. And so when you notice that you're thinking this thought and there's a charge in your chest or a knot in your stomach, if you would squeeze it back and let it know that contact has been made, that finally the mind is listening to what the body is trying to reveal, we have to speak body speak. We can't just turn on our observer mind. That alone is not enough. It's a lot, but it's not enough. 
So we have to talk body talk to the body to let it know in a sequential manner that we're onto this, okay? We're finally surrendering the story writing and we're just gonna come present and we're gonna use our faculties the way they were designed to be used. And we're gonna start by, take your attention to the body when in a stressed moment or in a questioning moment and notice there's a charge somewhere. It can also happen when you're in a dreaming, a visionary moment, when you're finally giving yourself permission to dream your dreams, to go for it and to, and to um, set your sights more lofty than you've, than you've done before. When you're finally having the courage to do that, there is also going to be a charge somewhere in your body because you're dreaming something that you do not yet, or you're visioning something that you do not yet have the circuitry to manifest. Otherwise, it would already exist in your life. It's a circuitry issue. So, so if, if you're dreaming or if you're you know, visioning or if you are caught in a situation that you just don't like, you're stuck, you're, you're, you know, the, the money's not there or the love isn't, you know, doesn't appear to be there um, or the health is flailing in, in a given moment, there's a reason. And it's a circuitry issue, and that's, that's that. So we have to start to build the circuitry of integration inside our system because different levels of our body, literally different areas of the body, represent different aspects of our consciousness. So if we don't have the circuitry to connect those various levels of consciousness together, then we never have this feeling of a unified presence. And so the momentum, the power of our system is definitely compromised under those conditions. So, so let's say I'm in a situation that, that I just don't want to be in anymore, and here it is again, it's happening, um, and I'm going to just think about it, and I'm going to get all up in it and get involved in it, get my, let my emotions get all you know, carried away with it, just like they do, and then I'm going to take my attention to the body and notice where is there a charge. And in that moment, something's going to reveal and I'm going to squeeze it back on the inside, not using my hands, but just inside the core of my body. I'm going to squeeze it back and let it know I'm onto this. Okay, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm available. It matters. I'm settled down, and I matter enough to do this. So I'm squeezing it back. And then we have to start to breathe life through this area that has a charge. It has a charge because there are no circuits to let the energy flow through that area. They're bumping up against the dam in the river, and that's why you can feel it and perceive it. So we have to breathe through it. And then what I do is instruct people to breathe up and down through the central channel of their body, which I can also um, share how to do if you'd like. And, and when doing so, it starts to move this energy blockage and starts to carve a pathway through the chaos inside our internal system, which we haven't been tending to because we've been living in our heads. And once that starts to take place, energy starts to flow. And the next thing you know, we have a level of confidence in this arena that we didn't have before because the other aspects of my wholeness are able to pitch in to the project rather than me just trying to manage this project from some isolated, segmented, fragmented versions of myself rather than my whole being being available. So the body's going to tell us how to begin. Just pay attention to the body and notice that when you have a jittering stomach, you know, or you have a lump in your throat or tightness in your neck or your chest, there's a reason for that. Your body is trying to anchor your consciousness at the core of your being. But we've been in resistance and ignorance and denial of that, so we never get the job done. We actually work against what's naturally trying to happen to get us into our fullness because by design, the universe is certainly in our favor and in support of everything I'm speaking about. So that make the track I for... I love it. I love it. Question. I love okay. it. Those are some great stuff. So we're noticing, you know, we're observing and noticing, but that's not enough. You know, we have to tune into right. the body and actually bring our awareness to that area you talked about energetically, internally squeezing the area just to make a connection with that part of our yeah. body that is, is speaking to us, is trying to communicate to us. Breathe life into that area and then breathe up through the, you could, you could say, through the central channel of the body, the nervous system. Could you, you talked about the breathing through 
the central channel. Can you share about that? Because I think that'll be really helpful for those sure. listening. How, how to bet. do that? Please. You bet. It's absolutely a foundational uh, part of the practices that I'm teaching people, and fundamental to what we're talking about. Basically, when we when we land here, we splat, we disperse, and our mind goes one way, our body another way, our breath goes another way, and we our attention goes external, and we start looking to the outer world to validate who we are, to figure out who we are, to to get confirmation of our safety and security, etc., and even our personal identity starts to establish this way, and so that's the problem. What happens is we leave the core behind when we do that. So we have to gather ourselves, collect ourselves, and come back into the channel, into this core of our being physically, so that we start to create what is referenced as a photon density, which has a, an influence on electrons, which starts to mass energy in the core of our being, which gives the sensory nervous system an opportunity to start to perceive a sense of self way in here back home again. So, so to do this, we, we do some simple things. Now, uh, for the ladies that are listening, uh, it's like a Kegel exercise. And gentlemen, uh, for you, it's, you're going about to learn what a Kegel exercise is. And it's, it's basically, you contract the muscles in the pelvic bowl, in the base of the pelvic bowl. It's similar to if you were going to the bathroom and you had to stop the stream really quickly, you'd have to contract certain muscles to do that. So you contract those muscles and you just kind of lift them up toward your heart a little bit. And this is naturally gathering the energy and it pulls your energy your consciousness and your subconsciousness basically the in from around your head from living in your head and it anchors it right down through the central core of your body and anchors it tethers it at the base of the spine and in doing this what happens is uh, we start to automatically enliven parts of our whole system that were just sitting dormant because nobody was home everybody was out you know out on the town trying to figure out who we are right so so squeeze these muscles on the base of the pelvic bowl, and then we're going to come right up the channel to the heart from there. And inside your heart, and not your heart muscle, but the center of your chest, the center of your chest is where this energy um, of you know, really of cosmic proportion is anchored in the human system, in the, in the human heart. And so it's not just the heart muscle. It's the whole area, the level of consciousness is associated with our unconditionality and our, and our bridging of the worlds of heaven and earth. And so you hug it on the inside. So it's similar to like if you were going to do a push-up or you were doing a, you know, on a bench press, you know, pressing, pressing weights upward. Um, the, you pull your shoulder blades together and down. And then right inside the core, it, at first they'll be like, I don't know how to do that. But if you just continue working with that, uh, it will start to come online. You can also do a spinal twist where you're sitting in your chair and you just twist your spine all the way around to the right, mm -hmm. and then you squeeze this mula bandha, this root lock I was talking about, like this Kegel exercise, at the base of the bowl, and then you squeeze in this heart center area as well, and you're going to start to feel that uh, tissue in the core of your body more, and then you can rotate the other direction to kind of balance that out, but the whole thing is so that you can start to build sensory awareness of what it feels like to be in the core of your body. Because we haven't been living in there, we don't know how to do it. But it's just like riding a bicycle or learning to walk. It comes. You just start. And, uh, and then there's another one above that. There's four of these points. So the third point is if you were to constrict your throat just a little bit, like um, kind of like a Darth Vader breath, so that you can hear your breath. And when you do that, you, start, you can feel the vibration of the breath in the throat. And that directs your conscious attention to that area. So that's where I'm supposed to be coming from, where that sound or vibration is, is emerging from. That's where I'm supposed to be focused. So now we have three of the four points. So this is a channel that just goes vertically up through your body. The last one is if you just sit with your nose pointing forward, but you, um, but you roll your eyes up, you're going to feel some tension behind your eyes. And that tension behind your eyes is actually um, right in the area of what's called the cave of Brahma. It's, it's the original thought, alpha thinking. It's the pineal gland. It's the third eye. All of this area is tremendous in the high brain centers above the primitive brain and essential for us to learn how to activate that if we ever want to really be in our high-level creative genius. And that's what we're all destined to do. So roll your eyes up and feel that tension behind the eyes. 
Now, take a breath from above your head. Then you can relax your eyes, but memorize that spot right in the center of your brain. So then you take a breath from above your head, right through that area behind the eyes, right down through the throat, right in through the heart, and squeeze that heart, and squeeze the throat while you're breathing down through them. Big belly breath. Breathe in and out through your nose only, into the belly, and then squeeze those muscles at the base of the pelvis and exhale down into the earth. And then take a breath up from the earth through those squeezed muscles of the pelvis, up into the belly, squeeze your heart, roll your eyes up, and then you're going to exhale up through your heart, up through your throat, up past that tension behind the eyes, and out the top of your head. Now that might seem like a whole lot to focus on, but so was riding a bike when you got on it the first time. It's simple. The more you do it, in a couple of days, it's going to feel like first nature to you because it is your first nature. It's going to be like a coming home for the soul. It's truly a tremendous transformational experience because it shifts our energy without having to use our minds to shift our energy. And so the mind begins to feel supported because we're up-leveling the vibrational frequency in the body at the same time that we're trying to up-level the vibrational frequency of the thoughts that we're thinking and the visions that we're trying to allow to be possible for us. The body grounds us, it integrates it, and it allows things to manifest. You know, lastly, our physical body is the earth version of us. And if we're not living in it, we're not really fully here. We're not really fully in the third dimension as the soulful being that we are. So simple practices added on top of this in certain circumstances will allow people to build the circuitry for sitting in the seat of the soul in this core of the body and living from that place. And that is when all the efforts of all the things that people have been studying all of their, all of yes. their conscious lives starts to be able to manifest and make a true difference in their lives like they were hoping that they would from the beginning. I love it. Love it. There's a mouthful. Some powerful practices there. <laughs> my, my, my brain is buzzing. I've, I've, I'm following along as you're, as you're guiding us too. So, folks, I hope that you really re-listen to especially that piece that uh, Dr. Sue yeah. just shared and practice those, those kind of four points and work with those four points. Because just even doing that last one, rolling my eyes up, I can feel energy moving you know, through my eyes, into my brain. Stuff's like moving through my whole body. So, powerful. I can imagine doing it every good. day, how powerful it would be, you know, and how it would open up the the, the energy body for sure. You mentioned, uh, yeah. Sue, that the, the different areas of the body represent different levels of consciousness, if, if I recall you correctly. And so I'm just yeah. wondering, maybe yeah. there isn't. Is, is there, you know, and not to get overly formulaic, but is, is there a map to what the different areas of the body represent that you've seen over time in, in your you know, decades of, of working with people? Like, the throat, the knees, the eyes, the hands. Is, 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 there, is there a map that you, you can kind of guide us to? Absolutely. There absolutely is. And, uh, you know, for thousands of years, the, the chakra system has been being referenced for various things, various types of energies that are associated with it. And if you just laid over that, the specific aspects of consciousness that are associated with each of those levels of energy uh, you begin to tap into something with great ease and it makes perfect sense that basically at the base of the spine and the hips and the legs, the knees, the ankles, the feet, that all of this is associated with our rootedness and the consciousness level that goes along with our rootedness is the, the knowing that this life experience is my gig. I'm not here to fit into somebody else's gig. I'm here to create my own, that I'm having the experience that I'm choosing and that I just mm-hmm. haven't been awake to knowing how to do that in an empowered fashion. And so, so that first level of consciousness is to remember that, that I am here as a creative force on the planet. I am creative essence itself. And so I'm here generating every single thing that I choose to experience um, consciously and subconsciously. And so, you know, the book goes into all kinds of ways that we subconsciously sabotage that and what to do about that and how to clear those things. But the next Mm. level of consciousness then has to do with once I know that this is my gig and I'm whole and complete and and there's not anything missing, then I can engage in relationship with people, with someone, with family, with money, with time, with, with life itself from a place of wholeness rather than a place of lack, want or need. And so if, if when you're in a stressful thought 
and it takes you into a charge in your gut, that's below mm. the navel. That's that's what I'm talking about right now. So you squeeze it back and you start breathing up and down the central channel with that. And the next thing you know, you're having a different relationship with time and with people and with life itself because you're starting to connect those energies with the rest of the energies of your wholeness, of your whole being. So then the next level up on our map is the, the solar plexus area just above the navel and below the ribs, right in there where if somebody punched you, it would knock the wind out of you. Uh, right there is your personal power. It's your identity as a cosmic being, as an entire universal being. And you know, something I would just love to toss into the mix here is that, that there is little organelles inside of every cell of your body are actually have a relationship with planetary alignment. Now, as, as mm. wild and out there as that might sound, it's very real. So we are a holographic representation because the universe is packed down, compressed and compressed and compressed. That universal unified field of energy, when compressed enough, creates physical form. So physical form mm. is made up of really universal energy. It's just packed into various vibrational frequencies that we call thoughts or emotions or physical bodies or desks or computers or, or, what, or rain or mountains, whatever, whatever we're looking at. It's all energy. So this solar plexus allows us to, when it's online and integrated with the other aspects of us, um, in the body, it begins to give us a sense of uh, really massive proportion of who we are and the vastness of our being and the capacity that we have to, to change things. And when we're not awake there, we pretty much think life mm. bowls us over and that we're just trying to survive. So then the next mm. map upwardly in the body is the heart center, which has to do you know, with divine love. It's the universal solvent. Basically, what I say to people there is that when you're awake at this level of consciousness, you are willing to be the first one to love into a situation. You get that mm -hmm. the reason there's conflict is that the people or the circumstances involved aren't plugged into that. So you're the bringer of mm -hmm. that. You're the one to love first and uh, in all kinds of facets. And the next one up mm -hmm. is, um, is our manifesting capacity. Our throat chakra area, the level of consciousness that goes with that is that I am here as creative source in a loving, powerful, and compassionate way um, to, to pierce into the, to the density of the third dimension and be the absolute unwavering presence that brings solution and brings into manifestation everything that we can dream and desire. So if we've been trying to do that from just our heads, there's no way that the vibrational roadmap is available to support what I'm talking about. And then, of mm. course, in the third eye, upper in the higher brain centers above the primitive brain, those levels of consciousness are completely aware of what I'm speaking of. And they don't get involved in the minutia, the details, the, the problem. They constantly see from solution and are, are grateful for the practice ground of this third dimension to come in here and learn how to remember, to awaken, to recall that we are actually in charge of this entire experience. So science is proving this to be true through quantum uh, quantum arrangement of the DNA and the photon effect and the, the elemental effect that we have on our environment. It's all out there in black and white that we think thoughts, it changes our body and our body has an influence on our environment. So we are emitting a movie yes. and then we're walking around in that movie. And, and the key is to learn how to do that in a grounded, integrative, comprehensive fashion. And so that's what I'm mm. trying to share with everybody. I love it. I love it. I am curious about one thing. Um, and I know many folks might feel this way as well. Let's say so you, we see someone who they've achieved a level of success, yes? Maybe, I mean, we're defining, let's say, success by they've manifested their desires. Um, maybe a singer or in their career or... And, and they've achieved a level of success in the material world that doesn't mean they're happy, but they seem to have succeeded. And, and yet their vibe is low. I guess the question is, how does this happen? Mm. You know, success and... Like, how, how did yeah. this take place? How did that person, you know, win the Grammy or they won the Oscars? And, and yet, okay, fair enough. That doesn't mean they're happy. But, but here's someone else there. They're chanting. They're meditating. They're... You know, they're even feeling it. They're, they're being a good person and their energy seems high, but 
know, they're still not manifesting, yet that person, I mean, we could say, just, just for sake of the conversation, Justin Bieber or so-and-so, they're miserable, they're unhappy, but they've achieved this level of success, or they've, they've built this huge company, uh, they've achieved success in the area of career, but the, clearly their vibe is just their low vibe. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I know some folks often have a challenge with that. Yeah, you bet. So this is it. That's the ticket. And previously, up until really this point in, in our conscious evolution, humanity has found its success by piercing into the veil and sh shining some particular vibration. Whether it's whole or not is another story. But a part of someone can fracture off and be very assertive and be very developed, but they're not bringing the wholeness of their being along with them when they go. And they get caught mm. up in a little bit of success, so they do it more, so it becomes more successful. And the next thing you know, they're living way in the splat, in the dispersal that I was mm -hmm. describing. But they've mm -hmm. attached themselves to one portion of it and are able to pierce into the density. So it looks successful. But... Ultimately, we are evolving from a three-dimensional species to a fourth-dimensional species in which wholeness becomes the value. So we're starting to see that if someone in a leadership role or someone with in success that, that doesn't seem to be congruent, that doesn't seem to be, to be yes. caring or kind or loving or happy or joyful or satiated or fulfilled uh, and therefore able to be compassionate and available for others as well, that it start, we're starting to take note and it kind of is devalued it's not it's not as valuable to us as it used to be even just 10 years ago and so we're we're alive at such an amazing time that i know that we're going to see a different value system birth right before our eyes and it's going to happen because each and every one of us is going to notice the very thing that you're asking about and we're going to say you know that's that you know maybe it's not so great maybe it's it's not where we want to put our funds or our attention or, or cast our, our vote or, you know, those kinds of things, what, whatever the case may be, whatever the arena. And, and bear in mind, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to work with personal one-on-one -on -one sessions and treat uh, many people uh, that are famous, that are extraordinarily wealthy, and every one of them is suffering from what I'm talking about. Every one of them, mm. I can't think of an exception that that I have worked with at some point or another, to some degree or another, they were very mm. much caught up in uh, this very thing that you're describing. They are recognizing yes. their misery, but they're so attached to their success and how they got there that the idea of releasing any of that in order to pay attention to bringing their wholeness to the mix doesn't seem feasible until they crash. And then when mm. they crash, they become more interested. They become more available. So the obvious answer is wholeness is the key. And fulfillment mm. and satisfaction uh, is, is the answer that we're truly looking for. Now, the key is that we are all supposed to be able to manifest. So the person who's sitting and chanting and meditating and leading a conscious life and trying to take good care, but they're having difficulty paying their bills, now that individual mm -hmm. has my attention because they're supposed to be able to pay their bills because they are living in their wholeness. But oftentimes I see there, there is a, a dis, uh, let me see, how do I describe this? A disembodiment of their power. They're, they're mm. in honor to something greater than them. They're constantly in honor or in prayer or in, uh, in, in affirmation that the power is outside of me and that it's greater than me. And I'm in a surrender, which makes me a divine holy, humble being, but it doesn't mm. necessarily allow me to experience my holism with a W-H-O-L-I-S-M. Right. You know, that kind of right. holy right. is what has to happen. So, so the, the individual who is conscientious, oftentimes I find there, if you get underneath the layers, and this is 30 mm. years of clinical research that I'm speaking about, you get underneath the layers of their sacred divine way of being, and there is a deep sense of fear. And that fear is a byproduct of being devoted, but, but by living in the intellectualization or the externalization of the power of, of God or the power of the universe or the power of the cosmos, that we have to include ourselves in the recipe 
to a greater degree. And sometimes it's held at such a subconscious level that we just can't seem to access it with our conscious mind. It doesn't make logical sense mm-hmm. to us. That's why I put some of the practices that I did in the book that help us learn the subconscious language and let the body show the mind with various techniques that were, are far beyond what we have, have had a chance to go into today, to, but to yes. allow people to access what are those subconscious dispositions that, that where's my come from that is somehow mm-hmm. thwarted or distorted in some way that has me thinking or mm-hmm. feeling that I'm lacking something or missing something in the, mm-hmm. in the first place because it simply isn't true. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to unveil that and put the pieces together again. Mm-hmm. Powerful. And you mentioned subconscious a few times. Now I'm curious about, you know, I think you mentioned the, the, the subconscious ways we sabotage ourselves. So yeah. Can, yeah. can you share, I know you talk about, you said, you said you talk about this in your book. Could you share some of those ways that you've, you've, you've kind of identified that we sabotage ourselves subconsciously and, and what we can do to, to be aware and, and move through that? Sure. So in the splat, when we land here and we splat and we disperse and our mind goes one way, our body goes another, our breath goes another, we get attached to the mind because it seems to be the most potent tool that we can grab a hold of as a life preserver Mm -hmm. in that moment. And so in that we are now identified as the one that's having all these emotional experiences, these ups and downs, and we're writing stories and taking notes about what's safe and what's not safe. And early on in our developmental years, we have all kinds of experiences that freak us out and we take notes at the subconscious level, basically to keep ourselves from ever having to experience that again. And so mm-hmm. we become uh, tentative and we become uh, auditing and editing and, and, and questioning, etc. And if mm-hmm. something occurs that we don't know how to handle, we don't fully metabolize it. We, we just kind of stick it in our pocket and keep going, trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep, keep on yes. keeping on. And, what happens under those circumstances is we eventually collect so much stuff in our pockets that it starts to weigh it down. There's a trap door, as how I reference it, in the brain between the thalamus and the hypothalamus that, that keeps our consciousness and our subconsciousness in communication with each other. Because it's our subconscious that runs our body and it's our subconscious that runs our lives. Like we don't have to think about digesting lunch. It just happens automatically. And etc. And so so when we store these things in the subconscious that are unresolved, we stick them in our pockets, uh, what happens is they begin to weigh down the system. So that energy starts to become bogged. And the next thing you know, uh, the trap door, the doorway of communication between the conscious and the subconscious kind of slams shut. We get overwhelmed. Too many bears at one time in our lives and the trap door slams shut. And the last message that got through was emergency. And so the body is now operating on a sense of emergency. And every time we start to pursue something that vibrationally resonates with something that is actually unresolved in our subconscious, our subconscious will sabotage our, our manifesting that project because it equates it with the vibrational frequency that it once knew as dangerous. And it wants to intervene, it wants to keep it from happening, it wants to, wants to have a different outcome. So it will actually, like if we were fully loving and we got, you know, we got nailed, we got duped, we got left, we got, you know, they, they left us, they cheated on us, they hurt us or something like that. The, the subconscious door slams shut on this idea of 100% full vulnerable love. So the next time, years later, you fall in love again, you start approaching that same vibrational frequency, the subconscious will literally sabotage the relationship or the moment to keep you from ever moving into that state of vulnerability because it thinks it's got your back. It's it's basically saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm never going to let you love like that again so that you'll never get hurt like that again. But it's, you know, it's quite duping to the to the big picture. So how to address those things? Um There are many ways. Actually, every time you take your attention to the body, to that knot in your stomach or the lump in your throat or those kinds of things, you are actually accessing the circuitry, the areas in your roadmap in there that never got the circuits laid down. And so that's why the charge is in the body in the first place. And so the reason those circuits didn't get laid down was because you got duped in the past and and the trap door slammed shut. So your system never went forward building the circuits to engage across that gap. So you're actually doing some of that work 
uh, with the practices that we've already shared. But there are additional practices that use some muscle testing, which you can do on your own, that also involve um, testing for some, some chemical balance in your body, which, which depicts if we're generating too much acidity due to unresolved subconscious emotional stuff. And, and the beautiful thing about the book is it has links in it that once I've described how to do some of these tests to remove the subconscious interference, um, I, there's a link that you can go to to watch a video demonstration of exactly how to do it. So there's a tremendous, there are years and years and years of coursework and client work uh, where I've been teaching people and treating people and, and observing how they can heal themselves and what happens uh, packed into this book. And if someone just dives in and takes it, you know, one step at a time and, and enjoys the stories and the, and the uh, other cases, the case studies that I'm sharing, it's all put together in a delightful way so that it's super, super user-friendly. And someone will be getting decades of experience, lifetimes, actually, yep. of experience uh, packed together in, in, a, in a real self-help kind of way. So um, it's, it's tough to, to really walk you through the, the more, more involved techniques of removing the subconscious interference on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the radio here uh, because it's, um, it's, it's a little more involved. So I have images in the book and I have video demonstrations that, that make it easier for you to, to see yourself. I, mean, I, am, I am excited about your book. And I hear this is your first, I mean, I think if I'm hearing correctly, it's your first book. And I'm like, first book? You know, I, yes, what, right, you know, I know. what took so long? I mean, you, you know, yeah. you, you need to write like another 18 books after this, at least. You know, I promise. <laughs> well, there, you have a wealth there of knowledge. Two, the two energy codes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the thank energy codes. Folks, the energy codes, the seven-step system to awaken your spirit, heal your body, live your best life. I'm definitely reading this book. Uh, I'll grab the book right now. I have a couple more questions for you, Sue. Uh, yes, sir. This, this one is, is, is kind of, I don't know if it's kind of a side question, but I'm curious about it. I know, I have a sense lots of people will be curious about it, given, you know, the current state of spirituality. We're talking about energy. And given that you're a doctor, given that you're, you know, a, sort of a visionary in energy, energy medicine, uh, I, I think you would have an interesting perspective on, on, on this question. You know, I, I think a lot of folks now are delving into plant medicine, delving into plant medicine, psychedelics, everything from yeah. marijuana, you know, everything from LSD, which has been around for years, uh, MDMA, yeah. uh, psychedelic, ayahuasca, peyote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as ways to heal, transform as ways to uh, elevate consciousness, as ways to shift energy in the body, in their lives. I'm curious from your medical, energetic, and spiritual uh, knowledge, understanding, and experience, what your perspective is uh, on someone's use of these, you could say, tools uh, to, to shift energy, raise vibration, and heal. Are they harmful? Is it helpful? Is it harmful? Uh, break it down. Excellent. Excellent question. Very relevant to what's going on in our world today. And um, I, I want to say this, that these tools have obviously been being used for thousands of years. They go way back. Mm -hmm. They go back to early Christianity. You can find references mm -hmm. to uh, the use of uh, the mushroom for its psychotropic effects, etc. Ayahuasca has obviously had a tremendous impact in our South American cultures as well um, as other other parts of the world. Um, many many things along these lines have been being utilized. I had an awakening without the use of any of that. I know that it's possible without it. I have no problem with it. I um, I encourage people to do whatever they are personally drawn to do and to find safe ways to engage in that if it would include these kinds of modalities. My number one thing is this. If someone goes and engages in these practices and doesn't have the circuitry to integrate within yes. their own systems, they are the ones that are having the bad trip. They're the ones that are having a negative experience. Or they have an okay experience, but they come out of it 
and they become depressed. And I've worked with a lot of people mm. to help them integrate what they experience. They become depressed either because of you know the, the heavy energies that it released in them in an attempt to begin the healing process. They initiate the healing process, or because they experienced the high vibrational frequency of of a world other than this one, and now they're depressed because they're stuck in this one. So there have been lots of cases of depression, you know, uh, uh, referenced and documented and treated, and lots of cases of of the extreme expression of that, including suicide and all kinds of things. So, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly. It's a very important decision that someone makes. And if they have the the circuitry understanding and they have the tools to integrate their body so that they can interpret what they're perceiving from its highest possible perspective, then it can be of good measure. If they don't, then I become a little leery. You know, I know that responsible areas that are offering these things are uh, re- requiring that if someone's on any kind of, uh, you know, m- uh, mental uh, medications for uh, psychological dis- disorders or distresses or those kinds of things, they not engage in these kinds of practices because of the potential for it just popping something open before someone's really yes. uh, embodied enough to process what they're now perceiving. And and at the same time, I can't deny that there have been, you know, tremendous insightful things uh, revealed to our culture over the thousands of years that that these practices have been in place. But, you know, we have to remember this. The indigenous cultures that brought these things forward, they lived in touch with the with the earth. They lived in touch with nature. They weren't aside and separate and trying to live in this this fragmented success-oriented kind of dog-eat-dog world in a sense. They instead were talking to the trees and listening to the rivers and engaging with the, with the, with the, the Apu, the, the mountain gods, and, and they were at one with it. So their ability to translate what they're experiencing on these journeys is very different than a person who's, you know, in this fast-paced world of disconnection. So, so it's a matter of First things first, you know, first get in your body, build the circus to, to sustain yourself there, anchor yourself so that if you were to engage in these kinds of practices, that they're, they're going to have a beneficial effect, you know, 100 percent without it having to be in a no pain, no gain kind of scenario in your life. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, you shared a lot of the Sue, so I want to just thank you for, for coming on. And I am, I, I'd like you just, just if you would. If we were to just take everything from your life experience, and I know you've, you've, you've put this into your book, The Energy Codes, uh, if there were three key things that from your life, from the book, from your life, that, that, that the most important things you've learned uh, as a life lesson, that if you were to pass on to the next generation of souls incarnating into this human experience and generations to come, uh, what were the three most important life lessons and you could say lessons from your book combined being that you pass on to the next generation that you'd want mm. the next generation to take away and know and live? Mm. Beautiful. I would say that I am the soul. That it is not mine to search spirit. It is mine to be the spirit that I am and seek to express myself fully here into this dimension. That's why we're here on the cutting edge of consciousness, to recognize there is nothing broken, there is nothing wrong, there is nothing missing, that I am that which I have been seeking. And when I learn to sit down in that seat, all is well. That was one. Was, it, was there anything? Was there any, anything? I mean, that was, that's a huge one. Was there anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> Sure, that that this life experience is a byproduct of my own consciousness and that as I stumble upon a challenge, it is only me nudging me to awaken to the real me while there is only one of us here and that everyone is supporting everyone. Every aspect of consciousness within myself is supporting all the other aspects of my own consciousness toward my own awakening that there is also only one thing happening here. 
and it is all good. And that might be hard to imagine in our daily circumstances when things look to be so crazy and discordant and dissonant in so many ways at times. What is actually happening is an impetus to invite you to reach inside yourself and find that which is a greater part of you than you ever knew you had before. And only these particular sets of circumstances are uh, what is making it possible. No other set of circumstances could possibly do the same. That's why it's happening the way that it's happening. So to have a culture, a generation that was being raised with the understanding that 100% of everything that I experience is in my favor, to my awakening, to my own greatness, to my magnificent creatorship, then we would be living in a culture that is more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more empowered, more generous, and definitely more connected. And that is ultimately what we are here in this frontier uh, to do. So there's three things that work. I love it. I love it. More than works. I'm the soul. <laughs> and everything. It's only one thing happening. You know, Dr. Sue, I want to thank you for, for being a part of Soul Talk. You've shared so much, so much wisdom, poured, just poured so much into everyone today. Uh, I know you have a new book coming out. If there's anything you want to say about your new book and what's the best way people can find out about your work and your book and uh, where, where can people get your book? Uh, well, thank you so much, Coot. And thank you so much for what you're doing on the planet. Um, it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a true blessing when we get to connect this way. Yes, my book, I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out with Simon & Schuster on March 19th. And uh, you can go to drsuemorder.com and uh, forward slash order the energy code. So it's drsuemorder.com, D-R-S-U-E-M-O-R-T-E-R.com slash order the energy codes. And it will take you to a page where you get extra bonuses, meditations, and extra teachings that I have uh, along with uh, your ability to, to order the book. You just come back to the site and and get the free gifts uh, by doing so. So it is, uh, it's a great joy to put this information together and to present it in this form. Uh, you mentioned, yes, it's my first book. I've, I've had a great time putting it together, and there's a lot of deep, meaningful work uh, within. So I look forward to sharing it with, with everyone. I, I, at that same website, teach courses, uh, take sacred site journeys around the world to the sacred sites of the Nile, Machu Picchu, northern, southern India. We're going to a Mary Magdalene tour, um, ancient Greece, and unpacking the mythologies, etc. Many, many things available for you there, as well as coursework across the country and some online things as well. So it's a great pleasure. Coot, thank you so much I, for everything I you're love, doing. I mm -hmm. love you. Love having you on. You're an amazing soul. And uh, every time we get to every opportunity that I get to spend time with you in any way, shape, or form is a real blessing. So, folks, Dr. Sue Morter, I want to encourage and invite you to really tap into this amazing woman's wisdom, her new book, The Energy Codes, The Seven-Step System to Awaken Your Spirit, Heal Your Body, Live Your Best Life. I am diving into this book myself, and uh, definitely check out the book, pre-order the book, get the book. I'm, 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 I'm looking at these, these gifts she's given away, and I oh, my, my eyes, Dr. Sue, went to the, uh, the, the Energy Codes of Manifesting workshop that you're also giving away some amazing things. So truly generous. Change your life by changing your energy, folks. It's been an amazing conversation. Uh, we will post this link to uh, the, the Energy Codes book and Dr. Sue's work in the show notes. So check it out there. Share it with your friends. Folks, make sure you also write to me, Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. I would like to know uh, if and when you purchase the energy codes, send me an email. I'm going to send you a surprise special bonus gift on top of that, just as a, uh, an encouragement and incentive. Uh, also, email me. Let me know the key takeaways you got from today's conversation. It's been packed with uh, lots of wisdom, practical life wisdom to integrate your energy into your body so you can manifest your desires. Look forward to our next episode of Soul Talks. Sending you lots of love, everyone. Make sure you download, subscribe, share this episode with everyone. Can't wait to connect in the next episode. Love now.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.